新年快乐，新年快乐，新年快乐 ！Live stream。The last time I was able to say this was 12 years ago. I don't come back to Singapore too often during Chinese New Year because I don't want to give away too much ampau. So I'm quite smart. Tomorrow I'm flying out to India because I started in India when I was in 1996 as a missionary, and when I met my husband, we continued down to Brazil. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Father God, you know our hearts. You know where we are. Sometimes we don't even know our hearts. Sometimes we don't even know where we are. So, Lord, I pray, come and minister to each and every one of us, for Your name's sake, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I have a message here that God has been dealing with me, and I have never seen the connection until one day I realized that in the Bible they mention two cups. And I'm going to talk to you about the two cups. That is my title sermon, or you can call it the public cup and the private cup. So I have here an illustration of the two cups. Okay, this is the first cup, and we take it during the Holy Communion. Nowadays, we do it this way, right? And this cup. Was mentioned to us in Matthew twenty six twenty eight twenty six to twenty eight. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, "Take and eat. This is my body." Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, "Drink." This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. This cup is taken in public. You take it. We take it in fellowship in the church under the aircon. Very comfortable. Actually, it costs us nothing to drink from it. We just think about the blood that was shed for us, and we are grateful for it. And to be honest, this is as far as the first cup goes. We are thankful. The second cup is similar to the first cup, and that's all the similarity there is to it. So, what is this second cup all about? It's completely different from the first cup. This cup. Is offered to you and me under very painful situation when we feel so alone. When we are, we feel that we are forgotten. We feel that we are being isolated. The first mention of this second cup was mentioned in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it was mentioned two times compared to the first cup. That was mentioned only once. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, "My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me." Honestly speaking, Jesus Himself doesn't want to participate or partake of this second cup, and neither do you and I. Yet, 
not as I will, but as you will. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. So, we see a progress of the partake of this second cup. First, he really have to struggle through. Please don't let me drink from it. Like us. We do not want to have any pain in our life, if possible. We rather have Chinese meal every day. Eat pineapple tarts and be merry and collect lots of ampau and be on our way. But he progressed, not as I will, but as you. If it is not possible, unless I drink of it, that means no other way, no other choice. Then, your will be done in our life. The problem with this second cup is, it is so painful, it is humiliating, it is embarrassing, just as when he was dying on the cross for us, naked, humiliated. So we will be as well. As God stripped us, ourselves away from ourselves. And the thing is, when you enter into your own garden of Gethsemane, it is a place of solitude. Only you are invited. Only I am invited one at a time. You cannot drink it for me. I cannot drink it for you. And this cup is different for all of us. In other words, we have to battle through our own garden of Gethsemane so that we can come to a place of decision. Just as Jesus, our Lord and Savior, He came to, to this place of decision, not as my will, but as your will. So we will be invited to drink from this cup of affliction offered to us in our own Gethsemane. It is a cup of fellowship with the suffering of Christ. Will you do it? Will I do it? The choice is yours. The choice is mine. In all honesty, you are like me. I'm like you. We are here because we love Jesus. We want to uh, worship Him. But when this cup is presented to us in our life, we do not want to partake of it. I tell you why. Number one, we don't recognize it. We can stop right here. Because honestly speaking, many of us, we don't recognize it. And then, when we do recognize it, number two, we do not want it. If the truth be known. Number three, it is very inconvenient. Number four, it costs us too much. I describe exactly me. Because when this cup was presented to me, I didn't recognize me. It was offered to me at the height of my career. After a while, the Lord said, I do not want your money. I do not want you to go for short-term mission. I want you. At that time, 
Before I was 30 years old, I already had two condos in Orchard Road. I was doing very well. I was really comfortable in Singapore. No, Lord, because I know the mission field and entitled a lot of inconvenience, a lot of culture shock, a lot of things that I'm not used to. And I say, no, 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 thank you. I'm happy going to church and serving you and giving very generously uh, besides tithes and offering. But you know what I learned? The Lord is very patient with all of us. Okay, no problem. You do not want it today? No problem. I come later and I offer you again and again and again. We are as stubborn as we can be and so is God. And I learned we cannot be as stubborn as God. So what happened was the more successful I became, the more empty I am on the inside. The better I look on the outside, the worse I look on the inside. The emptiness was so big in my heart that finally I surrendered. I said, God, have your way. Let me drink from this cup. So I've been serving God 21 years in Brazil, four years in India as a single missionary. And you can put the name loneliness next to my name, Ashley. If you ask me, what is the biggest problem I face as a missionary? I would say loneliness. Although we have a big core of people working with us now in Brazil, I'm happily married. I still feel this tinge of loneliness. Uh, of course, over the years, I've turned it into a time of solitude with the Lord. But I'm still a Singaporean at heart. If you ask me what I miss a lot of Singapore, of course I love the Singapore food, but I love speaking Singlish with my Singapore friends. I love that, I love that, I love that. And people ask me, you have been married so many years to this um, foreigner, how come you still speak Singlish? I say, you know, until the day I die, I am still a Singaporean. So anyway... Ashley Loneliness Tan, that was my middle name in India. I was so lonely. Of course, we love the ministry. I have been in the ministry in India since 1997. And it is very rewarding and very satisfying. Because what started as a little seed planted in the ground, it has grown into a 26-year-old oak tree and growing strong. But the Lord keep offering, would you drink this cup? Would you drink this cup? So I said, okay, Lord, I will. And the thing is, once we drink of it, I must tell you another warning. It will not stop at the first drink. We will drink from it again and again. So, of course, as a missionary, the first thing to go was my income. That was horrible. <laughs> It dropped all the way down to 3%. We could not survive. And I was thinking, wow, you know, living a life as a mission is very hard to live by faith. How can that be? And I don't enjoy that part. The Lord said, okay, no problem. Let me offer you to drink from this cup again. Anyway, by that time, I already moved to Brazil. And I can still remember it as if it was yesterday. It was 2005. And I was really tired of living by faith. And I said, God, you know, I have one more apartment in Orchard Road. Let me sell it. And then I can buy my own home. Because at that time, we were renting for three years. And the roof keep leaking. So my decoration is according to the rain. I have to put my bucket here, my, my bucket there. According to the rain, we have been asking the landlord to fix the roof. But he didn't want to fix. And then we had a really old, old car. So anyway, I said, okay. 
let me get up from this poverty. Let me sell my apartment that I can buy a nice home and get a decent car and things like that. That was my thinking. You see? My will be done in my way. And the Lord said, no, Ashley, when you serve me, you have to serve me in my strength, not your strength. You have to serve me in my way, not your way. Unconsciously, I am still a very self-sufficient Singaporean. We have plan A, plan B, plan C to take care of plan A and B in case it doesn't work. And then we have plan D in case plan C doesn't work. We want to have everything nicely planned out. So that was my plan, my ultimate plan. Okay, sell my apartment in Orchard Road. That will take care of all our expenses, living by faith and all that. I didn't like living by faith, but the Lord has shown me a lot of things. You have to live by faith, whether you're working in the secular world or whether you are in the ministry, because he has shown me his sufficiency is enough for me. His uh, pocket is deeper than my pocket. I was quite rich, you know, to be honest. I mean, when I started serving the Lord, I had two apartments, renting out, and then one HDB, and then still 750000 sitting in the bank. So every time when I want money, just ATM to the rescue, not God to the rescue. You see how arrogant and self-sufficient I am. So, okay, let's go to battle privately in my garden of Gethsemane. It was very painful. You know what happened to my solution? The only apartment that was burnt in that Orchard Road block of building was mine. At that time, we don't have WhatsApp, you know. And the property agent don't want to waste his uh, overseas call. He called me 12 midnight because it's 11 a.m. Singapore time. He said, actually, I cannot represent you anymore. Your apartment is, bu- is burnt. Bong! He never even explained to me how it happened, why, and all that. He doesn't waste his, he doesn't want to waste his overseas call on a client that is no more useful. I was shocked. I remember it was a very dark night, 12 midnight. You see, when we are in our garden of Gethsemane, it's never fun. We are alone. And my husband knew at that time it was a battle between God and me. So he didn't want to interfere. That night, I really had to make a decision whether to go on or not. Whether living by faith or not, I want to quit or come back, go back to my old world. You will be faced with the same decision. All of us, all of us. My husband, when he was 30 years old, his first wife died on 30th January, which was his 30th birthday. And when he buried his wife, you know what he said? Lord, I bury my dreams I bury my hope. What do you have in store for me next? It's a very personal, painful, private battle in the darkest moment. He came to serve God in Brazil with his first wife. And at the end of 11 and a half months, just two weeks shine of their first anniversary, his wife died. So Lord, what is the meaning of this? I come here to serve you. And now she's dead and I have a lot of medical bills because the wife died from cancer and you know cancer, how expensive it is. Very painful. Do you want to go on or do you not want to go on? The choice is yours and mine. What I want to encourage you is this. Maybe when days are dark 
And when things don't make sense, it could be this second cup is presented to you and to me. As I said, we do not recognize it. The next few days, this cup is far from us. We'll be happily running around, eating pineapple tarts and collecting ampao and giving ampao. But when you go back to your job, you face a terrible boss or you know you have to rush to the hospital because somebody you love is suffering from something or somebody have an accident suddenly. Life is full of pain. But maybe this cup is presented to you. So, I have a few questions to ask you. What is the difference between these two cups? The first cup is easy and convenient. Oh, let me go back to this. A question for you and me as we go to our second cup. John 18, verse 11. Christ himself asked of this, Shall I? He's the son of God and son of man. Yet he asked, Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? You know what struck me most about this? The Father. The Father. It's not my boss or my terrible spouse or whatever difficult situation we find ourselves in. But it is this, Shall I? Not shall Pastor Daniel or Pastor Christopher or... No, it's I. It's very personal, individual, private, painful. You love and love your spouse, but your spouse run away. You love and love your children, but your, your children are far from the Lord. Oh, it's very painful. Nobody can understand. You are in your garden of Gethsemane. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering, not the cup of happiness, laughter, joy, peace. No. Suffering. When God stripped you and me away from ourselves to really see who we are, what we are. The Father. And then he answered this question. I. I must drink from the cup that the Father has given me. So, when you think of a father, you always think that he's loving and kind. Yes, he is. So if he's loving and kind, why does he give you this cup? Let me explain to you this. Let me answer this question to you in a little while. But right now, I want to show you this. What's the difference between the two cups? The, the public and the private. The first cup is taken in public. Actually, it doesn't change us. We just come to church. We remember the uh, covenant. It only makes us religious. We just partake of the cup. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And then we go out and go our way. But this second cup, if you have partake of it, it will change you and mark you forever. This second cup, although it's taken in private, but people will know whether you have taken from it or not. It makes us Christ-like. This may make us religious. This makes us Christ-like. So, what's the purpose of the second cup in that case? I will answer your question uh, about my father. Okay, what's the purpose of the second cup? If it is so painful, if it is uh, 
really make us so vulnerable. The first cup does not get us to our destiny. It's the second. So actually, we all have a dream. Let me show you something. We all love God. We all want to serve Him. We all have a dream. To glorify Him in our name. So, our life... I have a chopping board, a knife and an onion. It's not a cooking class. But, okay, we are big fat onion when we come to Christ. And Christ said, this is not good enough because this onion is completely useless in my hand. Until, let's say, we peel it. So God said, okay, let's peel the outer shelf. Okay, let me cut it. This onion is a bit old and stubborn like some of us. Ah! <laughs> Even this thing dropped. <laughs> okay. So let me cut, nah? Okay. Some of us tougher than others. So God has different grade, you know. If we are so tough and so old, God has to use a harder stroke, which is more painful, right? So then God said, okay, let's do the circumcision of our heart first. So God has to clear away all the fluff of our life. Because all this we don't use in our cooking, right? Anybody use this in our cooking? And then the thing is that Actually, onion, when you cook, we don't taste the onion, but it adds flavor to the beef hor fun, my favorite, nasi nama and all this. So it's our life, no? People do not want to see us, but people want to taste the goodness of us as we become more Christ-like instead of just religious and go to church and do our thing and that's it. You see, this onion is really so tough, you know, really, really. So the Lord said, okay, never mind, I will use more pressure to remove uh, the flesh of our heart. Okay, In the fight with God, I realized we never win. So we must surrender. The quicker, the better. It takes time, but we learn. Okay, so now we come to this onion. Okay, God said, wonderful. But along the way, when I cut, I notice I cry, right? The smell starts to come out. Okay, smell is good, the aroma of Christ. But when I cry, what does it mean? It means sometimes, just as I cry over the onion, God is also crying over us, you know. The struggle we have and the struggle he has over us as we try to fight with him. Never mind. After that, we get to the bottom of this, and then we start to slice, right? So, we can slice this way, we can dice this way, whatever way. Okay, in another words, I learned in the mission field, we cannot just preach a word. We have to be an answer to so many things. We go to the villages, we realize, wow, their teeth are rotten. So, we build a dental clinic on top of our boat, this way. Then we realize, wow, they don't have water to drink. So we better slice the onion this way. So we earn the right to speak to the people. And God will intervene, you know, like during COVID, we raise money to buy food basket because all the indigenous Indians are stuck out in the river. They cannot come out. So we say, oh God, of course we try to meet the needs. We raise money to buy basket, food basket. And after that, the food basket run out. So we say, Lord, what shall we do? God said, never mind. I show you a way. You run out of your support, right? Very good. You know what he did? 
He used Bank of Brazil, a secular organization. They gave us like a million worth of Hayes Brazilian currency to find, to buy food basket. And we could deliver and continue to preach the gospel. So God's way are much, much, much higher than our way. So we have to be flexible how he used us. Okay, so how do we know whether we are turning from the dream to our destiny? As our onion gets smaller, right? Just now it was like that, right? Big fat onion. Now our, our onion gets smaller. Smaller and smaller. In another words, we become more and more useful as the Lord break us and spread us out to everybody. So, in my case, I was selling insurance, successful at that, and of course I bought a lot of insurance. So when I was 25 years old, I bought lots of insurance, and one of them was a 35-year endowment plan to mature when I reached 60. And all along my dream was... I want to go on a world cruise. I deserve a holiday. Did you notice how many I? Full of self and pride and arrogance and sufficiency. But along the way, the Lord keep cutting my onion, you know, that it becomes smaller and smaller. That by the time when I received my endowment uh, proceeds two years ago when I turned 60, suddenly I realized, I'm not interested in cruise anymore. After all, we have three boats out in the Amazon. I have enough of sailing along the river. From our base in Belo Horizonte, we have to take a five-hour flight. And then from our flight, we have to take a 20-hour boat journey to our base in the Amazon. And then from there, we have our own boat. And we can go up to 24 hours down the river to uh, drill water and evangelize. So, spend a lot of time in boat. I'm not interested anymore. Okay, so, see, my onion gets smaller. So, you will recognize your, your particular struggle with God, whatever it is. And then I was thinking, okay, I give 10% to God and then the rest is mine. And the Lord said, hey, not in a hurry, 50% belongs to me. So I said, okay, I give 50%. And the other 50% was saying, oh, finally I can buy a decent vehicle for myself. And we were looking, looking, looking. And then while looking, I felt the Lord telling me, hey, you give me the rest of the money. And I said, oh, I thought you have 50%. I have 50%. It's quite fair enough, right? The Lord said, no, I want 100%. So I said, okay, okay. God, I talked to my husband and I was hoping in my heart that because I have to submit to my husband, right? We are all submissive Singapore wives, right? Is it true? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so... <laughs> So I went to my husband, I said, my dear, you know, I felt the Lord telling me we should, I should give away the money because my husband said, it's your money, you can do whatever you want. What do you think? And I was really shocked. I was hoping, he said, no, then I have an excuse to give to God. But my husband said, you know what? Without blinking of an eye, he said, hey, you better give because the Lord has spoken to you. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You better give and give it quick because the more you delay, you know, the worse you will get. I said, oh, my goodness, I have no more excuse. So I said, God, okay, okay, I give, you know. And you know what? When I give away the balance of the 50%, you know what I feel? You know how I feel? I felt a deep sense of relief. <sighs> because it's like God saying to me, my bank for your bank. And all along, I wanted to be self-sufficient. But now, I really feel complete 
that I am in God's sufficiency. Really, really, really. We have lots of projects and if the money doesn't come in, it doesn't matter because it's not our projects. It's not our mind. You know? It's God's way and His methods, His provision. Not mine. I don't have to struggle anymore. To me, this is really true financial freedom because I was taught for years and years and years financial freedom is financial independence and financial independence is lu zui lu ho so that we can have bank A, bank B, this house, that house. That was what was my way. But now I'm completely at least, completely. God has provided for us imaginably much more than I can think or dream or imagine. Really. So, you know, I want to share with you about this second cup. This second cup, this second cup, if you don't drink from it, you will never get into your destiny. Is there any other way? I ask God, because it's so painful, it's so private. Can you imagine no money in your bank? This is not Singapore method, right? We have money in the bank and all this. This will really free you up and enable you to enter into your destiny. Joseph had a dream, but it was not his dream that made him the prime minister. It was when he started to drink from the second cup. Very painful to be betrayed by your brothers, to be sold as a slave, then to um, put into prison. It took him a long time to drink. It, take, it took me a long time. It will take you a very long time to, to finally get into your destiny. So I asked God, no, is there any other way? Because you're my father. Is that a less painful route? And God told me, no. And God is telling you, no. No other way. Only this route. The painful, humiliating, shameful, in isolation. This is the only way. Why? 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 Why did Paul's first wife die when they were so young, 29 years old, serving God in Amazon? No sense. No, we don't understand. And God said, this second cup, just as it broke Jesus, just as it broke Joseph, it will break me. It will break you. He has to break us because we are like this onion, so big and fat and useless. And then, why is he breaking us just because he wants to inflict pain on us? No. He wants to break us, to heal us, to restore us, and then allow us to reign with him in his glory, not my glory. So there's no other way. Take up your cross. This is my message, no? My message today is not a message of doom, gloom, pain, suffering. No. It's a message of hope and joy and enter into the glory. You know what? As I look back, I am so happy, so happy that I 
obey the call of God in my life. God has been faithful, true, and much more amazing than I could ever think or imagine. And people ask me, do you regret being a missionary all these years? I say, yes, I have one. The only regret I have is that I wish I took God at his word much earlier. I didn't know that he's this good. I didn't know that he's this faithful. I didn't know until I took from the second cup and go on a new journey with God. God will never fail you. Never, never, never. He's my father. He's your father. And you know what? To be honest, uh, this second cup will follow us until we die. Honestly speaking. So, I tell you something. When I was a single missionary in India, there were three other Singapore girls. Hey, Singapore girls, uh, we are very chilly party, you know, to be honest. We are on fire. We dare to serve. Single or married, it doesn't matter. So four of us, we serve God in India, different parts of India. Four single girls. And all of the four single girls, uh, we all wanted to get married. Let's be honest. It is lonely and we want to love somebody and have somebody love for us. At least care for us. Where are you now? So, at the end of eight years, uh, I think I got married by then. But the three girls and me happened to be in Singapore to do our visa run. That's what we come back to Singapore for. So I was like, oh, then we said, hey, meet at the hawker center. Then we can catch up and talk. So we met at the hawker center. So all of them were talking and catching up, everything. Then out of the four girls, only I was married. So I was thinking, God, why am I the only one that was married? How about the other three? It's not fair because we are all lonely. That's the reality. And, but you know what encouraged me so much? The three girls, they said, hey, we are all going back to India, to different uh, parts of India. India is so big. It's like a big elephant. No, we cannot touch the same place twice. So they're still drinking the cup happily. So my conclusion is take up the cross because... My conclusion is, uh, it's painful to drink from the second cup, but it is more painful not to drink from it. Why? I give you an example. Uh, okay, Rebecca's, who, who was Paul's first wife, passed away. It was very painful for Paul. He's only 30 you know, and buried her on his 30th birthday. He was confused. He doesn't know what is happening. God, what are you trying to do? So anyway, at that place where he buried his wife, he said, God, I will go on. I will go on. As we look back, it was his first wife that paid him to go to Amazon and the slum ministry. It was the second wife that followed him. But at that time, I was a missionary to India. So I was lonely. I was praying, God, I do not know where is my husband. And I don't even know my Indian address because I was moving around from village to village with this team. Then there he was in Brazil, uh, bearing his wife. And how the two of us can meet is really a miracle, right? Two different countries serving God in so far away and yet can meet. But then the thing is, I remember this story, you know. When I was in India, single missionary, there was another missionary from America. He lost his wife, just like Paul lost his wife in Brazil. He was so bitter. He said, God, what's the point of serving you? I serve you, my wife passed away during childbirth. And so he left his baby in the village where he was working. He said, that's it, enough. He went back to America. And over a period of 40 years, his daughter grew up and the village that he and his wife were ministering all became Christian. So look after her, share with her the gospel that the father forsaken. And then the girl was curious to find out where, 
her father was. So she went back to America and looked for the father. You know what happened to him? He refused to drink from the second cup. When the daughter found him, he was eventually a homeless, drunkard person. So I feel uh, to drink from it is painful, but not to drink of it is more painful. I'm so glad uh, as I look back, wow, God, the little tree that I had was growing. You know, I have the most maybe 30 more years of health to serve God, uh, but I want to look back and say, oh God, thank you so much. Not my will, but your will. Not my sufficiency, but your sufficiency. So I really want to encourage you. To drink from it, no matter how painful, doesn't make sense in a moment of darkness and all this. Whatever it is, if God has to burn your house, if God has to take away your career, if God has to take away your health, Lord, could this be the second cup? Give me your strength. Give me your grace. Your grace, your strength is sufficient for me. Amen. I have a little bit more time, so let me quickly show you the PowerPoint of uh, what we try to do in Brazil. We are 1,001 projects, but this is the latest project that we are trying to do. Camille Siguru means Safeway. We are trying to build a Safeway Children's Center because Brazil, you know, everybody thinks of Brazil, violence, drugs, which is true, you know, but there must be hope going on. It cannot carry on from generation to generation. So we are trying uh, to solve one of the problems through this work that we are doing. We can quickly go, yeah. So, uh, Safeway Children's Center is located in Manaus, the capital of Amazon, in the heart of the Amazon jungle. So, if you see front, back, left, right, everywhere is a slum. And by the grace of God, it's a miracle that we manage to have this little plot of land right in the middle of the slum. Next. And was birthed by Pastor Eddie and Marcia working through the local church. What happened was they were already pastoring a church. And when Marcia was coming out from the church after Sunday school service, she saw one of the kids selling drugs just outside the church. So she was saying, Lord, it cannot be. What is happening? What is wrong? And the Lord said, you take the church outside. Don't bring the children in. You have to go where they are. So that's how we get started. It's a church community program focused on family restoration, via drug crime, teenage pregnancy, and trafficking prevention. Our vision is to fully equip them for success. We practice many types of educational reinforcement for all ages. We also teach them authentic Christian values. Last year, Every week, we have 200 students walking through our uh, community children's center from 150 families. This year, the waiting list is another 256 students and 150 families. So, with offerings that we collected from 2022 and 23, we went from this mess that we bought, we cleared out everything to this blessing. This is taken from the top part how to say the aerial view. So now we are preparing to build the cafeteria and library for 450 kids. So, uh, last year we purchased and renovating this yellow house. So, uh, when we buy the next, the, the, the red, the, you see the red thing, the school next saw it will expedite our original plan by at least 18 months and cut the total construction expenses by 15% while gaining 120% more space. So in time past, we blocked we bought a small plot and we plan to build it this way. But the Lord enabled us to buy this plot. So we enable us to build this way, which is cheaper, faster, and we have more space. And we can expand also in time to come. So God willing, 
the move-in date will be March of this year, the yellow square. The new headquarters will have offices, counselling space and four classrooms. And then the red one is buy and build here. And then the green one is ready to build. And next to it is the existing Manaham Church, which was a church before we started buying a little piece at a time. I think the build-out will be 7,005 square feet this way. And maybe in 10 years, when we see the need to expand, we can build another 7,005. So right now on top, we plan to do it like football because football is very important for the Brazilians. Then uh, I just have one more announcement. Please. The book. Oh. Ah, yes. You know what? The first service, they grabbed almost all of my books. But what I'm thinking is... Actually, this story is my story a little bit more, how the Lord has been dealing with me a little bit more. So um, what I plan to do is, we, I have only maybe 15 copies left at the counter outside. But what, what you can do is, you can write your name, and um, then I will print more books, and I will care of Benny Ong. After Chinese New Year, when I print, because now Chinese New Year printer also no time, they also want to, you know... Uh, so after that, maybe we can, uh, I'll give it to Benny because tomorrow I'm going to uh, India. Then after that, I fly back to Brazil. I'll give it to Benny. You can pick up from him. And you can put down how many number of books because first service, some people take five, some people take ten because, you know, they just want to bless and encourage people. It's a very easy to simple read book. Thank God. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for being so attentive. May you have a sing and quiet. Sing and quiet. Let us rise. Thank you, Ashley, for sharing your story and the faithfulness of God. Uh, Ashley has requested for this song to be sung at the end of the sermon. Let's just use this song to respond. So take my Thank you. 
You know, God is so good to all of us. He really wants the best for us. But so often in life, what we want is not always what we need. And what we need is often what we don't want. Yeah, it's a bit like taking medicine at the doctor like this. And today is a good reminder that, uh, you know, sometimes God's blessings come to us uh, through the form of storms, challenges, sacrifice. Sometimes healing comes through tears and freedom comes through very dark nights and loneliness. But through it all, we learn to yield to God, surrender to God. Then you realize uh, when you have God, you've got everything. Uh. I think this is a challenge for all of us. Perhaps some of you today, maybe you are being presented with this cup or maybe you are already drinking this cup. And I hope that for you, this will be an encouragement that if you stick to it, you hang on to God, you cling on to Him, you know, He will see you through. But for the rest of us, some of us, uh, you are still holding on to your house. I suggest don't wait for apartment to burn down. Right? It's normally not a very good way. But let's surrender to God. Alright? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you love every one of us. And actually, you are inviting every one of us to carry the cross. Not just some of us, but every one of us to carry the cross. This morning, Lord, would you help us to recognize what is this cross that you are inviting us in your own gentle way to carry and help us to have willing hearts, yielded hearts to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you and Lord, even as we go from this place to our families, to our friends, uh, in this day of celebration, may you always help us to be mindful of what you want us to do, your will and not our will in our lives, wherever we are. Now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit go with all of us, be with us and our families now and always. Amen, amen. Service is over. Only 15 books out there. So uh, let's, uh, you know, don't chong, you know, just get the numbers. And uh, no refreshments today, but from the church, Happy Chinese New Year to all of you. Sing Nian Mong An.